welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on parts casters and Kretzmann guitars. I remember the first time I modded a guitar, putting my dad's soldering iron to the volume pot of my Fender Stratocaster. It was nerve-wracking and liberating at the same time. I also helped my friend strip a lefty Stratocaster. Of course, I had to stop that modification when my dad, rightfully, told me to leave that guitar alone for someone who would actually use it. I can only assume he meant a lefty. But when does a partscaster become a partscaster? Are they just modded guitars? What if you buy a husk or a donor guitar? Is it easy to refinish? Should I just buy a custom guitar? Does the name on the headstock matter? And what announcement does Beth have with regards to the Kretzman family? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Beth on the Tweed Couch. Well, Beth, it is awesome to have you back again here on the couch to talk about something I know you've been working on, a project, if you will, that is a parts caster. And then also you have a fun little announcement to have towards the end. So there's lots going on. Thank you, Beth, for being a part and being here on the couch. Yeah, you know, it's always good to be here for some therapy and it's always a fun time. So thanks for having me back. It has been far too long, and there have been a number of different things that have been like, oh, we could talk about, oh, we could talk about, and you know what? We're here now. That's all that matters. We are here to talk. So let's go ahead and start with this. You have built how many, like, parts caster type guitars before? Well, I, I think I, technically, I think it's just this one kind of. I haven't yet pieced together a true parts caster in the sense of gleaning, you know, and cutting. Like, to me, I think a parts caster is, you know, you get the pieces that you want, you get all your your parts that you want, but then you're also, in my mind, it has a lot of vintageness to it, and I feel like, Mm -hmm. I I feel like my true parts caster, I'd want to gather a bunch of stuff together and even just take a body and cut out my own body, if that makes sense like i'd want to make kind of everything so to me that's that's like the true in in my mind that's what i see it coming together but i think this is the first real you know attempt at taking you know a pre-made guitar and kind of piecing it together and finding all the parts that i wanted i've done mods on some other guitars like uh my thin line telly i did a mod on and uh oh no i can't remember I know I've probably replaced a couple pickups here and there and just traded a couple things out on yeah. some other ones, but this is my first true put it together myself. So you wouldn't necessarily call this a true parts caster because you didn't find a bunch of different parts, but instead what you found is really kind of a husk of things that you like Yeah. and then modified the crud out of it. Yeah. Well, and you know, as we talk, as as I think about this, you know, I think you might be right. I, th- I think it's more of a parts caster than I give it credit for. Because as I go through the list of things that I had to do to it, <laughs> I did have to find a lot of parts. So, yeah. 
okay, so maybe this is a exploratory therapy session where we're going to just kind of <laughs> see what this thing actually is, this beast. And that probably brings us to our first question, which is, what was this guitar before you got your hands on it to turn it into this Frankenstein beast? Yeah, well, it started out as a Squire Telly Custom 2. Probably from the early 2000s, maybe. I'm not sure. I think I'm the second owner because we we did find it used, and it had already been modified, actually. We discovered some things along the way that the previous owner did, which is kind of fun. But my husband got it for me without my knowing um, as a a Christmas gift. And, um, That's what he loves to do, right? He does, He just loves yeah. to go find things. And I, I remember him saying that the best thing he could have done was marry a guitar player. Because <laughs> Valentine's Day, pedals, uh, anniversary, yep. amplifier, yeah, birthday, guitar. I mean, it's yeah. perfect for him. Oh, yeah, and I, my wall of guitars is there to show for I that. I see so. them. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, he'd he'd been looking because we'd been talking about putting something together and and wanting to like make it my own. And I've been really wanting a guitar with P90s and, you know, a single coil pickups Mm -hmm. because I I do a lot of humbuckers and I'm kind of like, sure, I'm humbuckered out. I need a little something different. So he had he apparently had been looking for this and he actually got me two guitars. The second one is a whole other story, which maybe we can tell that one at another time. Okay, But with this particular one, it was funny because I think it was like Thanksgiving time or I don't know. It was well before Christmas. And he goes, you want to see your Christmas present? And I said, yes, because I'm terrible at surprises and I just I want everything right now. So I have very little impulse control. (laughs) (laughs) So so he goes uh, he goes, it's in the garage. So I went out in the garage and there's this guitar case sitting out there and I get the guitar case. I put it on the table and I said, oh, is this a guitar? Is this my Christmas present? And he says, I don't know. You have to see what's inside. And so I went to open the latch and he's like, but you can't open it till Christmas. And I'm like, ah, you. <laughs> so I think that oh, it was like wow. October and he made me put the case with whatever was in it on our little guitar rack. And um, of course, this the reason why he did this was because years before he had gotten me a Les Paul for Christmas. Mm-hmm. He thought he hid it in the guest room closet. And I I found it because I opened the doors and that's where we stored all the guitar cases. And I was like, why is there this extra yeah. guitar case? So I found yep. my Les Paul like early. Oops. Yeah. So he was like, you know what? I'm just going to show you what it is and we're going to put it down there. So it sat down here in our basement unopened for months. And then one day we were at yep. rehearsal. and um, Did he booby trap it? No, he didn't booby trap it, but he tried to mislead me and he was like, don't shake it. And I was like, why don't you want to shake it? And, you know, why would you shake a guitar case anyway? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Sniff it? Did you sniff it? Did it smell like a Telecaster? Uh, You know, I did not think to sniff it. So (laughs) I'll remember that for next time. (laughs) Did you lick it? No. No. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was used. It was used. Don't do that. No, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so then uh, we were having band practice, and um, he... And Paul staged this elaborate ruse of talking and forgetting that I was in the room. And they started talking about the mandolin. And Jeremy made a comment about a mandolin. And I've been wanting a mandolin. And I still don't have one, but I want one. And I 
Oh, I, I still don't have right. one. I'll, let, I'll so. make sure that Jeremy actually listens to this podcast then. Yes, yes. That's right. And I got really excited because they made it sound like there was a mandolin in the case. And I was like, I'm getting a mandolin. So then I started Googling mandolin and how to play mandolin. And then I got, I opened up the case and on Christmas morning and there was this Squire Telecaster. And I'm like, oh, what's this for? It's not a mandolin. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, oh, and what's even more, before the guitar came out, he made me think I was getting a dog for, we've been talking about getting another dog. He made me think we were getting yep. a puppy. And he like went through the trouble of like liking this breeder on Facebook and commenting and like, he, Gee. he outdid himself with the, uh, the trickery and the ruse. The, the deception. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A little too good there. Do not cross Jeremy Dorsing. Yeah. Just so everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. He will make you pay. I was, I was a little. This is what he does to the people he loves. Yeah. Can you true. imagine what would happen to his enemies? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. So you said that this was a squire. Yes. What, did you say custom to? A custom to. So originally this guitar was like yellow with well, a couple of P90s and a black pickguard. And uh, uh, is it, well, yeah, it's definitely going to be a hardtail and a maple neck. Is yep. that yes? Is that what you had? Yes. And I think it, it must have been that yellow, you know, as I'm kind of browsing what they used to be. But it wasn't yellow when I got it. Um, oh. But yes, everything you just said is true. And it had the Squire markings on it and everything and when you flip it over the little plate that holds the neck on had squire on it and all that good stuff okay. um and then the guy who had it before me stripped off all the yellow stripped off the lacquer and the yellow paint and he stained it this okay. really nice it actually looked really nice when i got it it was brown so you could see the wood grain and everything this dark brown hickory kind of color okay so, so it probably looked a lot like the um, like the natural looking SG woods, like the faded series. Yeah, Gibson SGs. Yeah. that is what color okay. was. So, it just kind of sat for a little while. I played it a little bit, and I noticed when I plugged it in, I was like, "Ooh, like I didn't, I didn't like the input jack because the um, cable kept popping out." So like it, it oh, wouldn't sure. stay in and it had like the, you know, the Telecaster has that recessed input jack. Yep. Every time I get a Telecaster, the very first mod I do is I put in an electro socket jacket, which is one that actually still fits in the cup, but it sticks out a little bit more. Oh. Not a whole lot, but enough hmm. that you can put in a right angle and then it screws mm-hmm. into the inside of the actual guitar, like into the walls of the inside. So you don't see it. It just looks right. Oh, it's fun. like, yeah, I do that every time. Yeah. Totally worth it. Yeah. Well, I I did replace this and I replaced it with one that was flush. Okay. I like that a lot better. Yeah. Is it like oval looking or is it like square, like a Les Paul? Uh, I think it's an oval. Yep. It's an oval. Yeah. Yeah. As I turn around and look at it right here. Yeah. It's an oval. Yeah. And it's flush. It's what we found online. Sure. Well, okay, so that probably brings us to, you know, you talked about modding one part to it. So there are a lot of things you can mod with that guitar. So let's start with electronics 
What type of electronics did you put into it? Did, yeah. What kind of pickups did you decide to do? Or did you not change the pickups? So what it comes with are these Duncan Design P90s. Yeah. Everything's black on it, right? So you've got this black pickguard, yep. these black P90 pickups. You've got these black knobs. Everything's black, which is fine. It looks cool. But when I kind of envision something and, and through talking to like Paul and, and a couple other people, we kind of wanted to change the overall look of the guitar from black to having more like more like that seafoam green, perloid, white kind of feel to oh, it. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so... Very, very surfy. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit more on that like 60s, you know, type of thing. Yeah. yeah. So when we took everything, we took all the hardware off and got inside. So we discovered that there was a... <laughs> One of the, I can't remember if it was a tone or a volume knob. It must have been a tone knob that it wasn't even soldered in. It was just attached to the pick guard and it wasn't even connected to anything. <laughs> so it was just like in there for fun. So, yep. oh gosh. Uh, so we, we took all the pots out. We replaced all the pots and we didn't do anything special with, you know, n- no special kinds of pots or anything like that. They were just, you know, okay. a little bit newer, a little bit nicer. Yeah. We didn't do any of the special, you know, because I don't I don't do a whole lot of stuff where I need as you're rolling off the volume. I know there's pots out there that are going to be sure. like super smooth. And I know Paul has replaced a couple of his pots with those. And uh, it just mm-hmm. gives you a little bit more room before the noise goes completely away. And so I, I didn't do anything like that because that's not something that I do a lot of. So we just got, you know, run of the mill pots, new, clean, nice in there. And then we discovered that the guy who owned it before me actually put in a real P90. So he got rid of one of the Duncan design. The the neck pickup okay. is a real P90. So Okay. And then the bridge pickup. That's actually a popular thing to do a lot of times with those Squire guitars because yeah. the P90s are meant to be like bright and chimey. Yeah. And sometimes these like Duncan designed mm-hmm. or less ends up being real kind of like dark and muddy. Yeah. And so people will just like replace it with something that's brighter. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that was really cool. So already, you know, and I can't remember how much Jeremy paid for the thing, but already we were like, well, the pickup alone is worth a hundred bucks. So we're in it. I think he paid like two, two fifty for it. So pretty good because okay. as i'm looking online they're going for like three four hundred dollars sometimes so yeah did it also come with the case too it did and is it a hard shell case or? it is yeah oh so, yeah we're in yeah. i think maybe three is probably a better estimate of what we paid but we got a really good deal off of craigslist so yeah yeah or facebook or whatever wherever you found it so where we found it okay so you said that you didn't necessarily do a whole lot with you know like pots and uh and pickups and all that kind of stuff so i do have a little bit of a confession to make and that is that jeremy sent me the picture of the guitar oh before he had given it to you (laughs) so generally he sends the picture to me he also sends it to my brother paul who you've been talking about yeah and also uh, john doherty which john is also on this podcast yep so he sends it to a few different people and 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 we all look at it and we all make our comments and everything and i remember him asking me well what pickups should i put in it and then i didn't hear a whole lot after that and i'm assuming Mm. it's because he probably took the pick art off and went hold on this is nicer than what I thought. Oh, and could be. I was like, I guess I'll leave it that way. Yeah. He also sent me that picture of, I think it was the tone pot that was not actually in the chain 
And I was like, yeah, that should be wired in. Yeah. Like, you yeah. should definitely have two leads on that. Yeah. And he's like, yep, doesn't have it. Yep. It was it was a fun little discovery because I know I I texted you a couple pictures along the way too. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was very interesting. Whoever was in there <laughs> messing around. Oh, and then the you know yeah, it was also grounded uh, like differently than maybe what normally happens. I forget where the ground wire was, but the ground I'm wire was stuck somewhere. If they just somewhere. wanted to make sure there was like a no load on that pot, but yet they still wanted the look yeah, of the pot, maybe. And so they just grounded it. I don't know. That's yeah. crazy. Yep. Well, it's, you know, when I was messing around with it before I even started, you know, taking it apart, I, I remember thinking, like, as I'm playing, I'm like, something's wrong with these pots. Like, they're, this one doesn't do anything. And, yeah, it was it was just kind of weird just how it was wired and put together. <laughs> so, or not wired. So, so, yeah, right. Okay, so does it have the maple neck? It does, yeah. Did you change the tuners or anything? I didn't change any tuners out, although I think I want to. Okay. So as we got it together, so basically the biggest thing that I did, that I've done so far, is replace the pots and rewire everything. And as we were rewiring, one of the mods that we wanted to make, but we couldn't make happen, and maybe you've got some advice on this, but we were okay. we were hoping to find a way to wire the two P90s in such a way that I would have almost like a, a coil tapper and wire them so that if I throw a switch, we bought a switch, we drilled a hole into the pick guard to try to make it happen, and we tried and tried to wire it and couldn't get it to work. But if you throw the switch, it would throw those two P90s together and make it like you have one big humbucker. And so okay. that would give me four different positions i'd have neck bridge together and then humbucker if that makes sense so like a reverse coil tapper in a sense right so okay so the first thing is is that a p90 is a single coil Mm -hmm. so it is all on its own there is no way to tap the actual p90 but when you put it in the middle it should give you both coils Right. What you're looking for is a phase switch. Yes. So instead of them staying in phase, they go out of phase. Yes. And I can help you with that. Okay. Let me let me draw some things up. I'll send it to you later. Excellent. We found some wiring diagrams, but then every time Jeremy would try to wire it up, we'd get really excited, and then I'd bring it in to play it, and then one of the positions didn't work. <laughs> so... Or something didn't work. Okay. So. Yeah, I will I will send you something. I think I know how to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that might be cool. I don't even know if it's going to sound good, but just having an extra little switch on there is pretty fun. So I know, like, I have a coil tapping switch on my... That's one of the mods that I did to my thin line was to put a little extra switch in there so that I could coil tap and... It sounds really cool. And so I was like, oh, what if we do the opposite and kind of reverse it and then we get one big humbucker? So, yeah, it could be really cool. That's for sure. Or it could sound like poo either way. Well, you know what? (laughs) But sometimes something that just sounds like poo and then you add like an EQ pedal or you only use it whenever you use the wah or whenever you click on a distortion or an overdrive or a boost, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, that's fun. Yeah. So, 
You never kind know. Kind of like Paul with his Digitech whammy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's actually really cool, though. Well, yeah, but I remember when he was first playing with it, and I was like, stop, stop. <laughs> use it appropriately or don't use it at all. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do we need to take away the whammy for now? Is that what we need to do? I understand you're experimenting. That doesn't happen during the show. That happens in practice. <laughs> yeah. But it's always really fun when he does it in practice, and it always catches us off guard, and it's like, wow. And it's like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And the reason why it catches you off guard is because it does not fit. No, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. But but I am a little jealous, so whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. With that said, I think that kind of where we're at right now is we need to take a quick break for the sponsors. And then we're going to come back and we're going to find out if you changed the finish at all if there's anything custom to it and your special announcement, which is going to be super cool. Excellent. So let's take a break for our sponsors. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, family-friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In July of 2022, they will have two festivals once again. One at the Sunnyview Fairgrounds in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and the other at the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bonagua, Tennessee. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Crestman Guitar Company has been repairing stringed instruments and building custom guitars and basses. In 2021, Kretzman started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmanGuitars.com. That's K-R-E-T-Z-M-A-N-N guitars.com all right so you said that the finish was brown so it used to be yellow yep now it is brown is it still brown it is not still brown oh i struggled because one of the hobbies i've picked up you know since covid is woodworking and Coming up with, you know, we, we build things, we stain things, and I've really come to really appreciate natural wood grain and, and just the natural look of wood. And so this particular guitar had this really nice dark hickory stain on it, yep. and it was clear that the guy, you know, he stripped it, and he, he did a good job staining it and, and all that, and it looked really nice, but I just, I was like, you know, I just, I, I don't want a dark guitar. Yeah. Brown is not really one of my favorites either. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I feel like brown is more of an acoustic color, whereas when it comes to electric, I like my browns redder. Sure. If I'm going to do electric or do brown. Yeah. So, well, that's just me, though. Yeah. Well, and I have like the, you know, the natural like no stain at all my thin line telly is just natural yeah and so you've got that nice light color yeah but then you know this dark brown as pretty as it was i was like yeah you know i'm gonna make it my own 
so I stripped it. Well, there's also the aspect that you have your acoustic, which is yeah. a plain top acoustic as well. Yep. And then you have the thin line, which is a similar color to that. Yeah. And then you also have that SG, which is kind of a reddish color. Yeah. And you also have your Les Paul, which is kind of like a an iced tea burst or something. Is yeah. that right? I think it's a lot like your Les Paul that I can see on your wall. Yes. So beautiful. And so all of those things are kind of in that like yellow, reddish, brownish hue. So what color did you decide to go with? Well, so through my experimenting with woodworking, uh, you know, we go to Menards and we browse all of the rejects in the reject on the reject Mm -hmm. table, you know, and we we buy the three dollar can of stain. And, uh, and I've, you know, and I was looking for different colors and fun things. And, uh, by the way, Fiesta orange is really, really Fiesta orange. So if you buy that stain, it will be very orange. It's, it's very Fiesta. Yeah. Yes. I did not choose that. Did not choose that for the guitar. Good good call. Yeah. There's a time and a place. This was not it. Yeah. Yeah. But so, you know, and there's different kinds of stains out there, too. Like, well, there's opaque stains, there's semi-opaque, and then there's more translucent. So there's like this, there's different kinds of stains that'll let more of the wood grain through. And so I had been playing around with a couple different colors. And one of the colors that I've actually, you know, made a couple projects with, not the guitar, was this color. It's uh, Vintage Aqua. And um, I Ooh. I really liked how it looked. I really liked how it let the grains come through and it just it looked really cool on the projects that I did and so I said you know I think this is what I want so vintage aqua if you had to put that into terms that would be considered guitar would you say it's seafoam green I'd say it's somewhere between seafoam green and like aqua teal so I know there's you know it's it's a little more blue than seafoam green I think. So if you took like the Pelham blue, okay, you know, you remember what Pelham blue looks like on a Gibson? Yes. And then you took seafoam green and you kind of mixed them together. You might get that bluer and that greener. Do you think maybe a halfway between the two? Yeah. I think if you take that Pelham blue, add a little bit of green to it from the seafoam and then make it translucent so that the... Oh, so the wood grain comes yes. through. So. All right. So, Beth, I need to have a picture to be put out onto Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff so that we can see what this actually looks like. So yes. send me a picture or post it on whatever you've got. Yeah. And, you know, make sure that the Tweed Couches is also uh, added or hashtagged or whatever. Yeah. and. People need to see it. Yeah, Super for sure. Cool. I'll send you a before and after pic. Yeah. Ooh, even better. Yeah. It's good stuff. But it turned out like really, really cool. Nice. And, you know, I mean, it's not the, it's not a, it's not the greatest, it's a squire body. So it's, you know, multiple pieces of wood put together. It's not like a solid right. body, but you know, that's what you're going to get, but it, it looks so pretty. And then, you know, you have to put a finish over it. And so I just used, um, like a semi-gloss. It's a wipe-on polyurethane, so everything got sealed, you know, multiple coats. And then this is what made it, this is what makes the finish 
feel a little more professional. You can buy, and I didn't know, I didn't know this. I'm I'm learning as I go. You can buy sandpaper that is like 1500, 2000 grit. And it's crazy. Yeah, that's going to be real fine. Yeah. So you just take that and you just lightly go over it and man it shines it up like it is so smooth it's always amazing to me that you take something rough to create something smooth yeah yeah it's crazy so good yeah so i'm really happy with it yeah so you decided to remove the old stain yes or did you just stain over i removed as much of the old stain as i could how did you remove the old stain yeah so There was a coat of polyurethane over it. My favorite stripping material, it's orange. It's called citrus strip. We actually used a lot of it. We stripped a piano to turn it into a bookshelf. We used a lot of citrus strip on the piano finish. Uh, Yeah. So I know it works really well. So uh, you strip off the polyurethane and then it'll take some of the stain off, but really you have to sand it to get the stain off um, because it's the yeah. stain stains it's a stain that's in the wood now so yeah i sanded it as much as i felt good about um and i think i sanded it up to 320 mm-hmm. and i got most of the stain off but what's cool is the stain that was really deep in the grain it comes through and it comes through really nicely and it actually adds more depth i think to the way that the guitar looks with that antique aqua in there that's cool. That's very, very cool. Yeah. So do you have any custom appointments? Like, did you change the pick guard at all? Yes. So tell me about, like, the pick guard and stuff. What did you change? Yeah. Well, so funny story, it is really hard to find a pick guard for a custom two. You, <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. You, you can find them, but people want a lot of money for them because they're not made anymore. Yeah. So for right. way less money, I think maybe... I don't know, between five and ten bucks, you can get a sheet of perloid whatever, and you can cut your own out of it. Yeah. And so nice. we bought the perloid, and uh, we, we made a couple of uh, practice runs with some other material, with like some thin wood, and, you know, just to see what it yeah. was like and make sure everything fit and wire everything up. So we, we always make it out of like hobby ply or whatever and wire it up and make sure it works. So Jeremy has all the tools and he he did all the work for me and he drilled all the holes and, you know, countersank them so that when we put the screws back in, it was all pretty and it fixed and he he only messed up one hole, but you can't even tell it's there. So Nice. We won't talk about that again cuz you can't actually tell no, that no, it's no, there. No. So um Yeah, it makes it relict. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's character. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. But yeah, so that was it. So he he cut it, and then you have to bevel the edge. So he beveled the edge, and then we lined every, we lined all the cavities with copper tape, just to give it a little more shielding. Okay. Yep. And yeah, great idea. Yeah. So the cool part is, you know, well, we wanted to make the pickguard ourselves because originally when we had that idea of uh, putting that little extra flip switch, you know, the the anti yeah. coil tapping switch uh we we needed to be able to like put our own stuff in it so and then we uh we bought a little bit of hardware online we bought all new screws because they were a little bit rusty we bought a new backing plate that doesn't say squire okay does it say anything uh it doesn't say anything the the plate that holds the neck on says nothing right now yeah 
I didn't know if you wanted to put like your mantra on there. Well, like, yeah. you know, or if Jeremy put like Jeremy is king on the back. <laughs> no. Um, or, or maybe you put something <laughs> on the back that says something like mama's rules. Oh, yeah. I should. Rules. That's a good idea. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So we took all that stuff off and um, and the guy who owned it before actually took the Squire label off the headstock. So it's still the same oh. Squire. He- we, you know, we went back and forth and I'm still, you know, it's a work in progress. Jeremy thinks that I should put a different headstock. He thinks I should put like the big fender headstock on it. Uh, I don't know. I could I could go either way. I I like the neck. I mean, it's well cared for and it's been you know filed down and the frets feel yeah. nice and you know it it feels good to yeah. play. It's actually now one of my favorites to play. Um, yeah. I really enjoy the way that it sounds and feels. So. For a, yeah, a, see, and I wouldn't mess too much with that then. So what you need is you need a custom logo is what yes. you need. Yeah. And it should say something like Bethalicious Ooh. or I like it. Something like uh the better half, you know. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I think there needs to be some allusion to the you know, the fact that it's like anniversary and birthday and Christmas gifts or something like that. I can just see it. Present caster. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, yeah. So. Instead of saying Squire, it says Santa. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad idea. We'll add it to the yeah. list. Yeah. Well, so. okay. So we have talked about your parts caster, this this thing that had a husk and had all of this wonderful thing that's come to it. And And I will say this about the parts caster, about being able to do that kind of thing. It's really fun to be able to make something your own. Yeah. And most people go, oh, I'm making it my own by changing the pickups Mm -hmm. or by adding a sticker or something like that. But you have taken that to the nth degree. (laughs) You have really taken something that for most people would probably go, ah, it's a trashy guitar. I mean, for the most part, somebody sold that thing off going, yeah, I don't want this anymore. I'm good. Yep. And you've taken it into something that is cherished and prized. And so I think that's really cool. And I, I love it that you've created something that is not only something you love to play, but has memories to go with it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely fun. And, you know, it's something that I, I never thought I would enjoy doing. Because I'm always like, ah, I want the $2,000 nice shiny guitar. You know, like... Oh, yeah. You know, I, I still want that. But, you know, for a long time I was very anti-old you know and now I'm like actually this is pretty cool and you know why do I need to pay that much more money for a label when these work just fine yeah absolutely yeah okay so I think it is time for the people to hear because you have an announcement to make yeah and I think it's super cool for you to be able to uh, make this announcement on the podcast. I know you've already yeah. put it on your social media, but, you know, we've got all 50 states plus the District of Columbia oh. and then another like 68 countries on top of this. That's awesome. Did you get Wyoming finally? I finally got Wyoming. That's amazing. Congratulations, I man. I didn't think it was real. I didn't even know it was real. And then all of a sudden it was. It was amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> I think the government heard me. That's what it was. Uh. All right. I don't know. <laughs> so go ahead. Tell the world and Wyoming 
<laughs> what is your announcement? Yes. Well, I am very excited uh, to share that I am partnering with Kretzman Guitars as one of their signature artists, their first female signature artist. Yeah, you um, are. So, yeah, so that's exciting. Martin's a great guy. We've known him for a long time, and mm-hmm. and it was time. So uh, he reached out to me, I don't know, less than a month ago. So exciting times for Kretzman Guitars, you know. That's right. And have you received, do you have your Kretzman guitar? I do. And I've actually had a Kretzman guitar for a while. We got one of the first ones. Okay. So true story. The one I have, it was not even an option to put that fun metal head plate on. Like Martin came up with that after. So (laughs) it's, so it's, well, it's kind of cool. Like I've got the original, like this is how they first were. So the only thing I've really done to it is I have put a sticker on it and actually it's not hanging okay. down here because it's in my gig bag because I'm playing it in church tomorrow and it's upstairs with all my gear because yep. I had rehearsal what color it's the olive green yep tactical uh model I put a sticker from my mom's unit from when she was in the army so it's got her unit oh, patch that is awesome. logo on it and uh, I like to call it Sarge so I don't really name yeah, my guitars do. but this one's called Sarge. That's awesome. So I figure, you know, I love it. it's Memorial Day weekend. I don't know when people get to hear this, but tomorrow is church at Memorial Day weekend. So I'm going to play it for Memorial Day. So yeah, good times. Yep, that yeah. is wonderful. So we had a couple of things that were kind of on the list of things to talk about. Yeah. But I'm going to go forward a little bit and I'm going to ask a couple of questions like, what was your career like? How did you get to this point? Because I'm sure there are people out there who are going, wow, to become an artist is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So what was your career like? I mean, speaking from my point, when I became a Kretzman artist, I remember him saying, hey, I would love to do this thing. And I went, why? Because at the time I was like, my career is more winding down than ramping up. Mm-hmm. And He was like, nope, I think this is a really cool idea. I want to do this. And I was like, let's do it. So talk about your career just real briefly. Like, what are some things that are like accolades or things that you go, you know what? I'm really proud of this moment in my career that kind of led you to this point of finally becoming an artist with an actual guitar company. Well, you know, looking back on I'm in a similar place as you are in terms of kind of where I'm at with things winding down, not being quite as busy with kids and, you know, full-time job. But I think looking back, probably the thing that I'm the most proud of with regard to my musical career is just the time that I've been able to spend with 100 White Flags and and the ministry that we've been able to do for the last, Mm -hmm. you know, 15 plus years. It's been incredible and we're still doing it and still impactful, still doing ministry as a band. And and I think we've gotten better. And I think the fact that we've had that longevity, like to me that staying together with the band, you know, they're really great guys and good friends. And I think if I'm going to be proud of something, it's going to be the time that we've been together and, and the ministry that we've done. And yeah. Yeah. So it's been pretty awesome. I I know that I met you around the time that we both did that captive free ministry, that yeah. youth encounter thing. And that was a special time and that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then when you were done with that, I remember you going, I'm not quite done. And you kind of did your own little thing for a while. You were that girl with guitar type yeah. thing. And then in that, which is actually something not to 
bad at. You can go, ah, that whatever. No, 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 no. That was actually a pretty cool time for you to be able to really figure out what is my sound? What is my writing? Can I handle this on my own? Should I handle this on my own? Do I prefer handling this on my (laughs) own? And then really all of that kind of brought you to this point of, I really like being in the jam band type of style. And I think that it's pretty cool. I've been definitely blessed in being able to see you grow as a musician, as an artist, and to see where you've gone. I think you've done a great job. You deserve this Kretzman artistry (laughs) title and stuff, a signature artist, if you will. So it's, yeah, you've done great. Thanks. You've done really good. Yeah. So that probably brings us to kind of our last little thing. Since we're both Kretzman artists. Yeah. Since we both know Martin, Mm -hmm. we both use his guitars, not necessarily exclusively, but like use it frequently. Yeah. If we had to pick what guitar should be next for Kretzman or what guitar should be our own signature guitar. Yeah. What would that kind of look like? So for me, I'll I'll start with the what do I think he should do next? Honestly, I think what he should do next is a Kretzman bass. Hmm. Interesting. I think either a short scale or a long scale tactical 59 DC would look super cool. Yeah. You know, and actually, it's funny that you say that because uh, at worship team practice this past week, our bass player, we're chatting about Martin and Kretzman guitars, and he said bass players have a really hard time finding somebody who can put together some sort of custom bass. And Oh, yeah. So I think there's room in the market for that. I, I don't disagree. I think there might be. Yeah. I'm willing to bet. I, I know for me personally, I have two gigs every summer that I play bass. Oh. And I bring my 68 Gibson EBO mm-hmm. with me because I'm like, it's short scale, which is more my style yeah. because I'm a guitar player who happens to be playing bass. Yep. But at the same time, I think it would be really cool to be playing a Kretzman bass. That would be cool. So I would totally do that. So Martin... If you're listening, yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you think that Kretzman's next guitar should be? Well, I am not a bass player. I could fake my way through it. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I actually, I was chatting with Martin about this the other day. You know, he's got the Les Paul Jr. style, which that style comes with a yep. one single coil pickup, which it's actually really, really great. And there's a lot of versatility in there if you mess around with it a little bit. But I think what I would want is I would want a guitar that has two pickups because I like being able to switch back and forth as a rhythm guitar player, having that neck and the bridge, the different tones for different times Mm -hmm. and places. I enjoy that. But I said, you know, I'd love the Telecaster body. I just think it looks really cool, really classic. And he said, you know, he actually kind of has this idea, this guitar that he designed when he was, you know, going to school to be a luthier. It's kind of like a Telecaster that's been kind of like slanted and sat upon. And so, you know, he said, you know, kind of, it almost makes me think way he was describing it, like a a Jaguar type body or Jazzmaster, just kind of that, like kind of look to it. And I was like, you know, that would be really, really cool. And I don't know that, you know, I don't know if he would, uh, for mass production, you know, um, I don't know what that would look like to be able to mass produce his own body, but... 
I don't know. I like if I was going to design something, I think that I really do like the Jaguar Jazzmaster style. So something along those lines, okay. where you know you have this. Yeah, that would yeah. be cool. I don't. I just. I, yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, but just something a little bit different, and then you know, you could. You don't have to have the P90 in it. You could have slightly different kind of pickup that gives it a little bit different sound. So that way you've got, you know, little Les Paul Jr. for, you know, these sounds. And then you've got your Jaguar or your Kretzmann special slanty Telecaster. I, I don't We'll have to come up with a better name yep, for it. That, that's the name. The, that's the, it. The Kretzmann special. The special slanty. The, the slanty Telecaster. That dog tag on the back is yeah. going to look so crazy. Um, <laughs> so slanty Telecaster. There you go, Martin. That's what you should make next. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Just the ST. Yeah. yeah. So. so as I think about all of the different types of guitars that I play and the ones that I like the most, when I think of a signature model. Hmm. Okay. So if, if you were thinking a signature model and I was thinking a signature model and he was going, I'm going to do a one-off, I'll do it for you and you'll make this thing happen. Hmm. I have a couple of guitars in mind, like something ES three thirty five or like midtown type thing. I think that Martin could do a pretty cool job with that. Yeah. Something I can put a Bigsby on. Yeah. But the thing I think he could mass produce that would be pretty cool is a Firebird One. Hmm. Have you ever seen a Firebird One before? Uh, uh maybe a Firebird One. So is it, it basically looks like a Firebird. Okay. Like a Gibson Firebird. Yep, I know what that looks like. But it only has one pickup. Ooh. And Clapton used to play it, you know. So basically, it would be exactly like what he's done, except for. It would be a Firebird body style. The oh, reverse yeah. headstock, reverse body, yeah. the whole thing. Sure. And then he throws a humbucker in instead of the little mini mm. bucker. Yeah. And I think that would be a signature guitar that I'd be willing to do. Yeah. Because that thing would look awesome. Do the neck through and everything. So basically the neck and the body is one. And then you add wings to the outside. Yeah. That would look so cool. I'm Googling as you're talking, and uh, J- Joe Bonamassa, is that how you say his name? Bona- yep. Bonamassa? I've seen lots of videos of him playing, and I just read his name. He's yep. got this signature model here, this Firebird 1, and it looks gorgeous. But I, I 100% yeah. agree with you that it should be a humbucker. Yep. Because the, one of the, the mods that I have that I'm looking to do on my Kretzman is to just change out the pickup to a noiseless P90 pickup. I know that Paul did that in his okay. and it's made a yep. different, you know, it's, that's just the nature of a single coil is it's going to buzz. Yeah. I threw a gate into my chain on my effects yep. for this guitar. I have a gate on mine. Yeah. And it, it's fine. Like the gate makes it all, makes it all go away. It still, it sounds great. And so the humbucker I think would, appeal to like the newer guitar players that don't maybe have that option Mm -hmm. who don't have the full rig yet and so if if you're you know i i definitely agree a humbucker should be martin's next uh, well it also adds a different element for him in the sense that he started with a p90 yep now he goes to a humbucker maybe next time he goes to two pickups or he goes to you know, doing yeah. something else, single coil, like more like a Strat or whatever. But he's got some options. I think that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. 
Now, as for you and what you're talking about with a P90, I was really close to putting in something called a P rail. Okay. Yeah. Which a P rail is a P90 that also has a rail on there. So it sounds like a humbucker. You switch a little switch and now it's a P90. You switch the switch again. It goes more to the single coil, like a regular single coil. Yeah. And you kind of switch all of it, but it's one pickup. Oh, nice. And it's all built into the one. So hmm. you may want to think about that. That's pretty cool. It's a pretty fun idea. Yeah. To do. Sounds awesome. I actually did change out the pickup in mine only because I wanted it brighter and I couldn't make it brighter hmm. with the pickup that was in it. Oh. I liked the pickup. I thought it sounded really good, but I wanted a little bit more high end. And so I ended up putting in a Seymour Duncan Antiquity. Hmm. Okay. And it sounds incredible. Sweet. But it's also noisy because yeah. it's a it's a single coil. Yeah. But yep. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. I know it is. Yeah. All right. So your signature artist model. Hmm. Tell me, what would you ask Kretzman to do if it was a signature artist model? I well, I agree with you on the Bigsby. And I was actually yep. thinking that and when you said Bigsby, I was like, Yup. That's got to be something I would have on there. So, you know, yeah. maybe something along the same lines, you know, that Jaguar Jazzmaster body. I'd want kind of two pickups, kind of yep. like an old, the original like Telecaster style setup. Because, again, I love Telecasters. So, like, so would you do like a wide range in the front and then a a single coil telly in the back or would you make it more like the deluxe model where it's two wide ranges or just two humbuckers um i would either do two single coil pickups or i'd keep the single coil pickup by the bridge the wide range pickup by the neck always sounds nice and and actually i have a telecaster that has the two wide range humbuckers and i traded them out for high output humbuckers okay and I really like the way that those high output humbuckers sound. So I think I'd keep the single coil, you know, kind of on the, the bridge. And then I'd put the high output humbucker up there by the, the neck. That would look really cool on like a Jaguar yeah. Jazzmaster style body too. Yeah. I think it could be, it could be really weird, but it'll be great. <laughs> would you go ahead and do like the arm carve that you would see on a Jazzmaster or Jaguar? Or would you want it to be like a flat top? You know, kind of like the Kretzman is right now. I actually thought about that when I was kind of looking up these body styles and just kind of browsing. And I think it would be kind of cool just to keep that arm carve in there just because, you know, it's there for a reason. Right. And it's got to feel good. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's there. So I think I'd keep it because I think that's pretty standard on the, uh, you know, the Jaguar style body. Interestingly enough, the Johnny Marr Jaguar has a different carve right Hmm. in that area than the normal like jaguar yeah he decided he really liked his 65 strat and so the curve on a johnny marr jaguar is actually a 65 strat like carve to the body instead of the normal like jaguar style which makes sense because the strat body is smaller than a jaguar body and you you know when you start getting into these signature models it's those little things that are that make it the signature model right so we were watching yeah. a 
Absolutely. episode on Corey Wong, and he's got a Fender caster that is his, his signature model, and you know it looks just like the one he plays on stage, but then he also had them make the body just a smidge, like I forget what percent smaller, but it's like 10% or some small amount smaller. And then yeah. he's got the curvature of it, like where it's all kind of like curvy, it's slightly different and it's fit to his body. And so when you start getting into yeah. these signature models and it's those little little yeah. itty bitties that make it the signature model. So, yeah. Yeah, didn't he also decide to make the headstock just a smidge larger? Uh, yeah, it was like, maybe. <laughs> back and forth it was crazy yeah but then yeah which yeah. you know what a shout out to Corey wong's podcast because there are certain ones that i go meh that was okay but there are a number of them yeah. that are knocked out of the park yeah like his last one with mike campbell was okay. fantastic who's the guy from the heartbreakers from yeah. tom petty and the heartbreakers mm-hmm. he did one with bonamassa and i thought it was excellent yeah so Good yeah. for him. We yeah. enjoy Corey Wong. We watch more YouTube videos than anything else, but uh Yeah, the Wolfpack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and then he's got his whole YouTube channel where it's he it's pretty mm-hmm. enjoyable. So it's good stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, it is time for final thoughts. Yeah. And in final thoughts, going back to parts casters, I think that anybody who is looking to get into the parts caster realm. Getting a husk and just playing with the guitar or getting a donor guitar. That's probably the better way to put it. And just playing with modding. How do you want to mod? What kind of finish is there? Do you want to put a different finish on? I think that that's important. And if I could stress to someone a type of guitar to get, honestly, a Squire or a Fender style guitar is pretty perfect because of the fact that it is bolt on. Yes. The bolt on neck. Everything is meant to just be kind of like adhered to it. And so I love parts casters. I love the idea. I love what you did with the guitar. And I love that you now really enjoy using it and use it quite a bit. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. What about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah. You know, I'll echo everything you just said. And and I think the bolt on neck is a huge deal, especially if you're going to like refinish the guitar. Because without the bolt on mm-hmm. neck, and the nice thing too is the bolt on neck, if you want to change the neck, you just go to fender.com and buy yourself a nice new fender neck of whatever shape and scale That's you right. want. So you do you, and yep. it's great. So I agree 100%. Fender bodies are amazing for that. And, you know, there was a day when I would scoff at Squires because I was like, oh, that's a Squire. But you know what? Now, as I get older and wiser, it really doesn't matter what name is on it. It matters what you put into it. And so if if yeah. you're looking for a guitar body to, you know, put together and make your own, those are a nice place to start. You can also go online and there's a lot of independent guitar makers who will make a kit and they will send you a kit and mm-hmm. you you get this basically wood in a box and it's a guitar body. It's already been routed out for you. All you have to do is buy the parts and you can assemble it and put it together yourself. And so there are lots of ways to make the guitar of your dreams and make it what you want it to be. And then it's an original to you. And unless you're going to microanalyze things, you know, the body type, the type of wood, it will play a small difference in, you know, tones here and there. But Really, what it comes down to is what pickups you're putting in it, what hardware are you putting in it, and you know, do you enjoy playing it? So, that's what makes your guitar 
special, good, and yours. Absolutely. And actually, you know, you brought up an interesting point. You talk about like custom making your own guitar. Well, we talked about how there's parts casters and what you can make. And then we talk about being Kretzman artists. And the fact is, is that at the end, when you make a guitar your own, you've essentially done exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Being an artist for your own little guitar company, if you will. Yeah. And you've created your own signature model. A lot of times these signature models are models that are really just something that somebody modded over a long period of time and you just can't buy it. Yep. Like Van Halen. Great example. Yeah. Yep. Well, Beth, thank you for doing some group therapy for the Tweed Couch. Appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Fun time as always. As always. Until next time. Well, that's all the time we have for the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit like and subscribe. Also, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And remember, you are your greatest asset. Until next time.